Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Bad Moon Born, and they have a new series called The Heart from the Hollow, which is being continually released, so we're going to chat about this series. First time a band is on that has a series, so I'm really excited about this, Voya, and Voya is here to talk about why he looks so good in a leather jacket. Does his girlfriend do his <laughs> eyebrows? Uh, you know, no, no. But that is the reason she's into me. Purely the eyebrows. They're good eyebrows. And it's uh, man, I have been push my eyebrows for such a long time to people, <laughs> and I'm this whole interview is already worth it for that compliment. Yeah. No, the whole, uh, the whole, it's good. It's good, baby. I know it's not. It's not an accident. It's constructed, and you did a good construction job. I'm flattered. Mm-hmm. And I'm flattered that you came on to the show today. So thank you so much for coming on to share some more information with the Rock Metal Podcast crowd about Bad Moon Born. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Immediately, I think of CCR. Was that, did that happen at all? Like Bad Moon Rising and you were like, you know what? Bad Moon Born. Yeah. Well, it was actually um, the old bass player in the band. We were just like, what has, what is this three syllable sort of name that's cool and that one just popped out on a piece of paper. I don't know what he took it from, but it's, it has like a Tarantino. I can picture it on like a spaghetti Western movie poster. So that's cool to me. Mm-hmm. It is very cool. Now, uh, initially I'd mentioned, or you had said that, and Mish had said that you guys have a series and the series is called the heart from the hollow. And when I think of bands, I don't typically think of a series. I think of like an EP or an album, typical drip cycle, right? You've got an album, you drip three or four singles, go on tour, there's your cycle. Obviously, the world is a little upside down right now. So, is that why you guys are releasing songs just kind of like as a series? Take us through what this is. I think it's just kind of a way to save ourselves from what was intended to be an EP, but didn't turn out to be (laughs) it didn't all sound continuous so we're like how can we market this in a way that's still linking it all together but slightly more unique i guess and that's the best we could come up with okay so you're trying you're trying to tell tell me that in that room right there that looks super duper cool you couldn't get the whole thing to sound the same Ugh. (laughs) no yeah that's my that's on me because I'm the one who does the mixing and I've just learned it's, you can hear my mixing. I, th- I feel it's improved from the first song to where we are now. But after that, I'm not like everything has to be done in one set. And the lockdowns didn't help because a lot of parts were recorded six months later or so. And mm. you know how bad like, change and whatnot. Yeah. Okay. So take us through, the gear then or the rig or, or whatever, what what's attributing to our sound that we're hearing uh, on the records? What's the, I guess, maybe the piece of equipment there that stays the same? Like, are, is it different guitars, different amps, just trying different things? or? Yeah, every song has had a different... Only the drums have been consistent and the vocalist and the people, mm-hmm. but other than that, the gear has changed. We've just been... Exper- this was kind of made these songs to, I guess, find our new sound. And now after that, we've, it feels solidified now. And But the gear, yeah, it's just it's a half analog, half digital sort of rig. So it's a really 
a lot of the guitars have not been mic'd. They're all through Axe Effects, Kempers, and plugins. But the Axe Effects and Kemper stuff has run into this. I've got a 70s Tascam console here, mm-hmm. and I've been running digital through that to kind of get the vibe and then take it into Logic and mix it, and that's how it's ended up. It's just this huge mongrel of different techniques and instruments and whatnot. Yeah. Now, something you mentioned, Voya, was that the you guys are looking for your sound, and now you feel solidified. Yep. What did it take yeah, to definitely. What did it take to solidify the sound? What was that moment where you said, or maybe the whole band said, whoa, I think this is it? Uh, it would have been, firstly, tuning lower. We were quite, I'd say, audio slave and sound garden-ish prior, and we had, it was a different singer and bass player and whatnot. It's always and a different this, bass player and always a different singer, Voya. Always. It's, it must be universal around the world as well. <laughs> It is. It's crazy. But, uh, Carry on. Sorry. Uh, they're just one. Singers are always a loud personality, and bass players are just too chill. And it just, it's just the scales. But yeah, we found what we were doing prior with the new people didn't feel as good, and we had to find something that worked together, and that meant getting heavier. And that's purely it: heavier and more modern. And that was felt right. Okay. Huh. All right, people in the comments below, Audio Slave, are they not modern? That's a that's a funny thing to say, actually. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah, not to take too much time on thinking about that. I'm actually not a fan of Audio Slave at all. Um, no. which I know I get a lot of flack for cuz I'm supposed to like them because they're a super group, but to me yeah. it just kind of sounded like to be perfectly honest, really boring music with a homeless guy singing over it. You can't have that. <laughs> that that's really my appeal. You actually dress like Chris Cornell on the live shows that I, Audio Slave did. At I know. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm going for, actually. That's what. <laughs> get some eyeliner. We'll be good to go. Uh, cool. So, <laughs> finding the sound, tuning down, getting a new bass player, a new singer. Um, how far down did you go? So, Audio Slave, that's probably like what, about half step down? No, standard. Oh, okay. All right. But, okay. Be weird shit churning, but that's about it. Yeah, they probably should. Now we're just drop Zed. So, <laughs> yeah. create a new key. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're in Zed double flat sharp. <laughs> just... next. Yeah. Okay. Did you then change anything else? Like, for example, the guitar pickups or the amps, or like, did you end up finding as soon as you started tuning down? That was it, or did you need to start changing a couple other things as well? Had to change everything. Had to change. Had to get different guitars, different string gauges that had to go instantly. I've been using bare knuckle pickups heaps. Actually, they they're in most of my guitars now. Um, the bass is usually a Dingwall now as well, or a Fender with mo- like a modded Fender, I guess. And yeah, just. A massive hybrid. It used to be very... I've got an 84 Marshall here. That was used for everything before, and now it's all just a lot of digital stuff. Okay. Can't speak of it, but yeah. Yeah. Like, what is it, 84? So it's a JCM 800? Correct, yeah. Okay. Modded? It's a beast. Yeah, modded as well. Of course. Has to be. Everybody who has a great sound has a modded JCM 800. 
It's the secret. <laughs> it is a secret. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you add another gain stage? What did you do to mod it? Do you know? Yeah, gain stage, which also kind of tightens the bottoms when you. That was a push pull sort of thing. And there was also a mid scoop on it to get more of a fender baseman sort of response out of it as well. Okay. Do both of those separately, and that's that's all I had. Wow, super cool. Now uh, you mentioned bare knuckle pickups, which is cool. They're definitely picking up some speed. And then Dingwall bases, which being Canadian, I'm gonna have to stop on for a second and say that those that very small factory of like ten guys in Saskatchewan is starting to change the way metal sounds. Uh, it truly has. It's unbelievable. It's found its particular spot in everything so quickly. And it's so recognizable instantly. Yeah. Uh, I guess a couple of questions then. Coming from Australia, how easy was it to pick up a Dingwall bass? And uh, what was it like working with it for the first couple of times? First time I used it was really strange. It's But it's only really strange for about five minutes. And then you're like, yeah, this is this is the new normal for me now. Getting it is there's two places they get it, one in Melbourne and one in Sydney, and luckily I'm about fifteen minutes from the one in Sydney, so that was very lucky. But other than that, I've been looking to get another one for so long and no one's everyone who's purchased one is not letting go of it. Mm-mm. So No. Yeah. Constantly waiting like a vulture to scab another one cheaper. Whoa. Um, yeah. Easy Bass now has a Dingwall pack. So, I mean, in the interim, if you needed to, you know, you could, you yeah. could, you could MIDI it. There's also, have you heard of Submission Audio? Yes. They've got a really good Dingwall one as well. Gin Bass, the plugin's called. Yeah. Okay. Because I know I'd heard of it. I'm just trying to envision it. Because somebody else I know who uses it a lot is Buster Odelholm. He sampled his own Dingwall Bass and sells it as a pack. And I think it's called yeah. Impact Audio or something. Because I'm, I'm a fan of all that stuff. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of being a fan of stuff, let's talk about, you mentioned that the series, even though it all sounds sonically a little bit different, yep. there's something that ties it together. Is that the lyrics? Yeah, definitely. The lyrical concept and the keys and chord progressions are all kind of around each other. Take us through... Take us through the lyrics, if you can. Can you? Are you? Do you know the lyrics? I know them vaguely. Okay. Probably not well enough. All right. I know what the the latest single is. That's about. Um, I have to think a bit harder than usual for this. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the parts where that you- one is? Um, that one's about comparing a nuclear fallout to a mental breakdown situation and kind of what you're left with after that and the fallout and shock aspect of all that and being confused and whatnot. But a lot of these lyrics were very personal with Jordan and he, all these songs are about different stages of his life, I guess, mm-hmm. in these type of moments. Yeah. Okay. Not an unto- uncommon topic uh, I'm hearing from Australian bands. Is it, how's the situation, I guess, as of late? Uh, some people aren't handling it amazingly. Some are. I've personally enjoyed it, but a lot of friends I know are not really too into it because they're quite extroverted and need that human connection element where I like to 
have this mad scientist alone vibe and just do things in here. I don't really like leaving here often. I, so. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Nah. Probably got, uh, a sh- I've, got, a, got a shower and a soap on a rope on the in the corner and <laughs> a toothbrush. If it's if it, if I'm lucky, yeah, no, I've got. It's, and then a bunch of Subway wrappers. Do you guys have Subway in uh, in Australia? The food? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you seem offended. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, we do. Yeah. I can go for a meatball sub. You want to go get meatball sub, son? Um, not sure. Not sure. Okay. Uh, very cool. What I was going to ask Voya is. Uh, you know, usually there's like a line or two that band members will cling on to and like live or just like they're screaming it because it means something to them. Do you have any of those mm-hmm. moments in these songs where there's, you know, a line or two that just whatever, for whatever reason it resonates with you in that moment? And even if you're not playing live for obvious reasons, um, yeah, you know, do you have any of those lines in these tracks? It would actually, the heaviest ones to me would have been the, um, ones in the next the single that's coming out after the one that's just been out the whole outro of that's this kind of repetitive chanty droney part and that's out of the two shows we've had in between lockdowns that has done the best and people have been into that the most okay you mentioned shows in between lockdowns so it's like a an ice cream sandwich and then the ice cream in the middle is the show and then the cookie that yeah, no, nobody pretty- wants is the I like the cookie. Yeah, we would discuss that actually. You and I both like the cookie. Cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Cookie. Yeah. People are like, "Oh, aren't you so glad the pandemic is over?" That, that we had that conversation as we're balls deep being helped by the military now. Um, yeah, because people are like, "Our premiere was like, oh, pandemic's over," and everybody's like, "Oh, aren't you so glad?" I'm like, "Number one, it's not over. Don't yeah. listen to that guy." Yeah. He's just saying the pandemic <laughs> is over, so you can die. This is very true, son. <laughs> That's probably part of his... Wisdom. Yeah, wisdom. Part of his political plan. Even though it's his base that's dying. So I don't know how that works, but, you know, that's another story. Uh, and then... What else was that? What were we talking about, son? We were talking about something. Hmm. Uh, how about we talk about more pizza? We're talking about more pizza? Bacon cruncher! So we have Little Caesars here, and they put bacon in the crust or something? Yeah, I think they put bacon in the crust. Yeah, and they call it a bacon cruncher, so you crunch on bacon while you're eating your pizza. We've had Pizza Hut had a, or Domino's, I can't remember, one of them had Vegemite-filled crust. I don't know. If, Did it sell? Was it good? Yeah, it was mixed. Okay. I like that because I'm into novelty stuff like that, and I know it's never going to happen again, so I have to save the moment, but mm-hmm. yeah, that was dumb. The most interesting feeling I've had here. Yeah. The Little Caesars, that's, they've closed down here, I think. Okay. Sadly. Sadly. After the earthquake. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I actually, I forgot that actually did happen recently. Yeah. Yeah. I got in touch with some people, and most people were like, I don't even live near the earthquake. And other people were like, man, that was a scary couple of minutes. Yeah. I, I'm, I just woke up really late, and I had a few friends like, did you feel that? And I'm like, no, I'm quite far from that. But uh, I feel like any news just goes past me now. I, I don't know. Nothing feels real at the moment. It's Mm-mm. just like whatever. Yeah. Well, if you're in the room with the Tascam and the bare knuckles and the ding walls, you could 
<laughs> Bare Knuckle Dingwall Studios. It's dangerous, man. It's just this life's just become a constant blur now. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Right. So people are like, oh, aren't you glad that the pandemic is over? And I said, well, number one, it's not. So don't believe that guy. And then they didn't listen to me. So now we need the military to come bear, get us out. And then the next part is I said, actually, that was some of the best days of my life, the pandemic. And I understand not to say that too loudly because for some people it was the yeah. worst time, you know, but uh, I got to be isolated, which is cool. I got to be with my family, whom I love. And yeah, like way more often than than other times. Mm-hmm. Cool. Bare knuckle. Why bare knuckle? You got out all the way to England for that. I just initially it was the hype and then it was the hype and plus I enjoyed that there was one cover I'll get the guitar. This the way you can do that on the on the bridge pickup. Mm-hmm. I just liked it because I'm a massive Mad Max fan. And it just reminded me of the Mad Max car. And I was like, I'm going to make a Mad Max guitar. That's fantastic. And then I like the sound, thankfully, as well. And like a lot of the bands I'm into use them. And I was like, this just makes sense. So Yeah. Cool. Mad- I'll put them in. Yeah. Mad Max filmed in Australia. That's fantastic. I never thought to bring that up to anybody in Australia. I didn't know if that was like a sore spot or like a hot spot. Um, I like it. Most of the people I know like it. I know there's few people who dislike Mel Gibson now, but <laughs> I I like the movie. Yeah. It's kind of like the other day, my wife and I were talking to Gabriel about a Tom Cruise movie, and then one of us interjected with back when Tom Cruise was just Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of happens, you know, back when Mel Gibson was just Mel Gibson. Yeah. All right, baby. We chatted about the series, The Heart from the Hollow and the tracks, and we talked about the mixing and how it's a little bit different. Instrumentation is a little bit different, but you guys found the sound tuning down, getting those bare knuckles in there. Bare knuckles. Uh, Dingwall, basses, part of the sound. Also chatted about Mad Max for a hot second. And then, uh, lyrically, we've got some things that are tying together. The most, or the latest single to come out, uh, chatting about mental health. And then we chatted a little bit about that. Got the earthquake in there as well, which is good. And your Tascam studio, your modded 1984 Marshall JCM 800 with an extra gain stage, as well as some kind of push pull thing to make it sound like six L six tubes instead of EL 34 tubes, kind of like a fender amp. Yeah. Just a more mid scoop rather than the, mid push or moving the mid to a different spot rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause the whole guitar is mid range. So it's, it's ex- a different expression of the mid range. It sounds like a totally different head. Just taking mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. You could have just bought a fender. Cool. I know I should have probably, <laughs> I've probably devalued the amp now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or a Mesa boogie. <clears throat> That's another story. That's another story. Boy, did I miss anything that we were supposed to chat about? We even got bacon crunchers in there. No, it's all felt good to me. Good. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, as soon as you popped up with the speakers and the mixing board and the Marshall and the guitar, it looks like a Telecaster, but it's not. Or is it? 
It is. It's a John Five Telecaster that I have. Really. Does it have? Actually, the- sorry, I got that when we were overseas. Actually, that's a very sentimental guitar to me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it have the Demarzio deactivators in it? No, it was. It had the. It's the Mexican one, so I did not have those features. Okay. Thus, my bare knuckling. Ooh. All right. Bare knuckle that bad boy from Mexico. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> that reminds me of that like a uh, meme from that avocado or avocado. It's like avocado from Mexico, and then like you give them back, shut the door. Um, bigger version of who gave them to you. Same thing. A little bit distorted. Give them back. Shut the door, and then. It's like a hundred times bigger. It's <laughs> Sounds like full ear rate mode, and then you just get stomped on. <laughs> you heard it here on the Rock Metal Podcast. Minus a couple of connection issues, I think this was great. Uh, is there anything I missed, Voya, that we were supposed to chat about that management says? Are you guys on a record no. contract? Are you guys shopping for a record contract? Uh, not at the moment. We're just running it ourselves. We were previously, but nothing. It's all ourself, and the interview was good. I don't think we missed anything. It was you're enjoyable to chat to. Oh, and thank you. Yeah, thank you. Well, it was worth staying for. Not that beautiful. Well, then we'll officially end the interview. Thank you so much for coming on to the Rock Metal Podcast today, Voya. Thank you for having me.